0: Uh everyone, friends. Uh welcome back to Capes and Japes. Um we are here. It's still Pride Month, and I mean it's sort of it's sort of Pride Month all the time, uh, here on Capes and Japes.
1: But 100 <laughs> percent arrow Ace podcast. Capes and yes. Japes. <laughs> A one
0: hundred percent ace podcast. And a fifty percent trans podcast.
1: We're keep, so, we're keeping we're keeping it clear.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're vibing and keeping it tight. Um, but it is especially Pride Month right now. Actual Pride Month. Um, and we um are going to talk about another uh LGBT comics character. Uh probably the least uh problematic one we, well apollo's apollo's okay um <laughs> M- midnighter and dakin are both uh morally questionable <laughs> um but we're um uh, we're gonna talk about uh a good boy for real this time uh our friend david alain prodigy i love
1: him so much <laughs> i love i love
0: that boy love to see him Uh, so, uh, David is a mutant. He was first introduced in 2003, uh, in the, uh, sort of re-rebrand new version of New Mutants. Every time they do more New Mutants, I feel like they should be, like, New Mutants, Newer Mutants. The newest mutants yet um but it's just it's just new mutants again uh written by uh Nunzio De and Christina Weir and uh drawn by Karen Grant uh and he is a uh a black teen who uh grew up in Chicago Uh, with his parents and his younger sister. Uh, his parents are still alive, as far as I know. Uh, alive and supportive, so good for him. Uh, his younger sister, uh, Kim, was thought to also be a mutant, uh, for a brief period of time, because, uh, she said that, uh, she could see ghosts, and then it turns out that she was not a mutant, and she just did see her, a real, actual ghost that other <laughs> people could also see.
1: Um. <laughs> I... <coughs> Is seeing ghosts a mutant ability? <laughs> it could be. I... How do you tell if it's a mutant ability or if you're just like sensitive to the paranormal? <laughs> or are all mediums also mutants?
0: <laughs> I mean, I think I think given that her brother was a mutant, they were like, well, maybe, but no. <laughs> just she just had a a regular old talk with a normal ghost.
1: I love that they're like, oh, well, I guess this is a mutant thing. And it's like, no, no, it's, 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 it's a ghost. It's, it's just, it's simply a ghost. (laughs) Other, other people can also see this ghost. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think they were like, it's her mutant ability. And then somebody was like we've established that ghosts exist and that people can see ghosts. Are they all retroactively mutants now? And they're like, oh, shoot, you're <laughs> uh, right. Oh, we,
0: we don't want to think about this. <laughs> uh, so anyways, so he uh, grows up in Chicago with his family. He's a very, very bright young man. Very academically gifted, very dedicated, uh, to his schoolwork, uh, and in high school, uh, his mutant ability first manifests as, uh, he's going to class, he's taking tests, and he realizes that he, uh, like, Knows all of the answers when his teachers are in the room. Uh, and figures out that he has the mutant ability to, like, telepathically absorb other people's knowledge. So, he's not, he doesn't read people's minds, and he can't, like, pick up on their memories or anything like that, but things that they have learned or studied, he just, just, like, absorbs into his brain, like, he doesn't, even like, have to focus on it or anything, it just happens, uh, but it only happens, uh, at least at first, when they're, like, he's, relative, like, you know, in the same room, like, oh, hold on. Hello! (laughs) Wait, we don't, we're not doing the (laughs) intro. Um, hi, everyone. Uh, if there's some weirdness in there, it's because, uh, Audacity froze on me. Uh, but was still recording the whole time, so I could have just kept talking and I guess it would have been fine. Um, but- but we
1: wouldn't have known. (laughs)
0: We wouldn't have known, uh, and it would have really sucked if we did the whole episode and then it didn't unfreeze. Anyways, we were talking about Prodigy's mutant power, which is that he-
1: Now knows- Absorbs knowledge. All the test answers.
0: (laughs) He knows all the test answers. He can absorb knowledge from other people's brains, uh, just things that they've learned or studied, not their thoughts or their- Memories or things like that. Uh, and he can only do it when the person is present and nearby, and it only lasts for as long as that person is there. Uh, so they leave the room, the knowledge is no longer in his brain. Like, he still remembers having it there, uh, but it's, it's not like, you know, just there and accessible, uh, so this is, uh, a pretty, um, a pretty big development, uh, David, my sweet boy, uh, does not want to cheat, uh, so he just starts studying even harder, Uh, to try and, like, actually, you know, get the answers for himself and not absorb them from his teacher's brains. Uh, and he doesn't inform, uh, his family or his friends, uh, that he has this ability. Yet. Um, he sort of, like, vaguely, like, tries to broach the subject with his family by, like, hinting at it, uh, but they don't really know what he's talking about. And he, uh, partly due to, uh, this, but largely due to his own, like, drive and intelligence, he starts taking college-level classes, uh, and, you know, studying at, like, the, the university level, uh, uh i think with uh karma who's another uh x-man who's like g- going to like uh college um but at some point a uh campus anti-mutant organization called purity which i think gross. is different gross very gross which i think is different from the Purifiers, who are also an anti mutant group, but are more like, just like, like they're led by like S- S- William Stryker and they're just like, they just want to like kill mutants, like, <laughs> not like a, a campus like campaigning, they're just, just super villains. Uh, but they find out that he's a mutant. Somehow, uh, they r- reveal this, uh, and Danny Moonstar, uh, reaches out to him to recruit him to come join, uh, the Xavier Institute, uh, where she is forming a new, new mutants squad. Part of this sort of, like, era of X-Men is that there are like, they have a bunch of like mini teams, like training squads within the Xavier Institute. There's like this like new, new mutants group that like Danny sort of, uh, forms. And then there's Emma has like a group of, uh, Hellions, which is like also the name of a group that she led before when she had her own school. And then they all got, uh, killed. And now she's forming, like, a new team of Hellions. And the new team of Hellions and the new mutants are rivals, I guess, just because the old Hellions and the old new mutants were rivals. Uh, also, one of the members of the Hellions, his mutant, his, like, codename is just Hellion. So that's also confusing. Okay. Okay.
1: Hellion Um, and the Hellions. Yeah, exactly.
0: Uh, so this new mutant squad initially, uh, consists of David, uh, Laurie Collins, uh, whose superhero name is Wallflower, who has, like, uh, pheromone manipulation powers, uh, Sophia Montega- Uh, Wind Dancer, uh, she can manipulate wind. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, Kevin Ford, uh, Wither,
1: he disintegrates stuff. I wouldn't have guessed any of- Yeah. Wallflower is actually the most, like, cryptic of them. I would have assumed that she could, like, do some chameleon stuff, or, like- Phase in and out of objects, and therefore teleport to other places. (laughs) Um,
0: all all of those all of those would be good and uh cool powers. Uh, but no. So the the three, the three Ws and David are the initial four members of the team. Uh, later on, um, they add in, uh, the school is attacked by the Reavers, uh, from Firefly, um, no, the Reavers are a, um, group of cyborgs, mostly, who, uh, hate the X-Men, and hate mutants, uh, I was just, I was on, I screencapped this from the Wikipedia article because I think it's funny. One of the first paragraphs is like, These Reavers should not be confused with the Reavers of the planet Arcturus IV, who exist in the future of the alternate reality Earth-691.
1: Okay. Thanks. Alright. I'll try not to, then. I'll do my best to not confuse them.
0: I will, I will really try. Uh so they're led by uh Donald Pierce who's been sort of a recurring uh evil <laughs> a recurring guy who hates X-Men TM. Uh not mutants so just just the X-Men? I I think I think he does. I he he hates mutants for sure but he hates the X-Men especially. He was a member of the Hellfire Club, but only so that he could, like, infiltrate their inner circle and, uh, destroy mutants. Um, and I... also he's a cyborg, but he hates himself about it.
1: Oh, rip. I kind of want, like, an X-Men villain that perfectly fine with mutants. It doesn't, like support like he support like they support mutants and mutants rights and all of that just really hates the x-men like maybe charles xavier was a dick to him once and he's like you know what you and everybody that you have ever known is now my enemy
0: (laughs) i really cannot stand these freaking guys
1: or maybe like scott did something and he's like, all that's, right,
0: you've that's burnt- the likeliest explanation.
1: You've burnt your entire group.
0: <laughs> he shows up and he's like, I'm here to destroy the X-Men because I hate Scott. And Logan's like, we all hate Scott. You should just be on the X-Men.
1: We've all wanted to
0: kill Scott at some point.
1: <laughs> Scott's like over on the edge like, hey.
0: <laughs> Who hasn't had kill Scott thoughts? Anyways, so this group of anti-mutant, mostly cyborgs, uh, has one uh, teen member who is not a cyborg uh, and is secretly a mutant. Uh his D- did name not see is... that
1: one coming.
0: Wow, I know. Uh, his name is
1: Josh Foley. Uh, he makes cool sounds for television shows.
0: Yeah, his mutant power is doing sound effects. Um, he, uh, while the Reavers are attacking the school, he, uh, reveals himself as a mutant by, uh, using his powers to, uh, save Wallflower. Uh, the Reavers kick him out because he's a mutant, Uh, and Danny's like, well, you can come, uh, to the school and be, uh, an X-Man, and you should be roommates with, uh, my buddy David here. Uh, and it turns out that they, uh, they become very good friends. Um, Good for them. Which is nice. Uh, Josh is, like, a little bit, uh, younger, so, like, they have sort of like a, a, like a sibling, like, David's, like, sort of a mentor-ish to him as he's figuring things out, um, Josh is, like, uh, he starts going by Elixir, uh, and he is apparently, like, an Omega-level mutant, but they don't figure that out for a while, uh, but he can, like, manipulate just, like, people, it's biological manipulation, uh, so at first he's just like healing people. Uh and everyone's like, "Oh, he's a healer." And then Hank I think figures out he's like, "Oh, n- no, he could actually do basically anything to living beings." He just it's chooses just that to heal was the first one he tried.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um That is, that is very good and sweet actually. It is it is nice. Uh It's like you could kill a person. Well, I've never tried to kill a person, so I had no idea. Good, good, good. Keep doing that.
0: Yeah, don't- just- just do what you're doing. Uh, also, at some point, um, his, uh, his whole body turns, like, gold. Okay. Not too gold, but his, like, skin and hair turn, like, shiny gold-colored for, uh, reasons that I don't make a lot of sense, but- Anyways.
1: He wanted to be a better
0: conductor? Maybe. Uh, so, Josh is added to the New Mutant team, uh, and also a, uh, Noriko Ashida is a, uh, young woman who ran away from home when her powers first manifested, uh, and the, uh, this- New Mutants group finds her living on the streets and convinces her somewhat reluctantly to come back, uh, to the mansion with them. Uh, she has, uh, cool electrical manipulation powers. Uh, I'm by, I always think electrical powers are very cool. Um. Yes. And she goes by Surge. Uh, and she and David start dating not, uh, not too long after she first shows up, I think. Um, so they form, uh, they form this, this new, new mutants squad. Uh, Danny initially wants David to be, uh, the leader of the team. Uh, and he's not super comfortable with it, and he's, like, not sure. He, like, doesn't know if he necessarily wants to be, like, an X-Man. Uh. Fair. So he, uh, turns the position over to Wind Dancer, who also isn't quite sure about it. So after some back and forth, they end up being, uh, co-leaders, uh, and they, uh, the group of them, uh, they train together, they go on submissions, uh, at one point David, uh, figures out, um, possibly the, the Stepford Cuckoos tell him, uh, that the reason that he, uh, can only retain information for as long as the person is nearby isn't an innate facet of his mutant powers, but it's, uh, a mental block that he placed on himself, uh, because he's worried about becoming too powerful or, you know, having, like, too much knowledge
1: uh <laughs> imposter syndrome
0: yeah yeah exactly cuz of his imposter syndrome
1: <laughs> no no you could definitely do this you just don't think you can you think you're underqualified so you don't apply yourself as much as you <laughs> could um um but you got it in you David
0: yeah well the thing is when he finds this out he goes to talk to Emma Frost and always a good idea.
1: Emma's uh, like, yeah, I'll dig around in your brain for you. Yeah, I'll just poke
0: around in there.
1: Uh, if you ever want a morally gray person to poke around in your brain for reasons and, like, not ask you too many questions, Emma is definitely the way to go, though.
0: Emma is your girl. Uh, he goes to talk to Emma to see if she can do something about removing these, uh, blocks for him since he can't really do it consciously, uh, and that way he can, uh, like, retain all of the knowledge that he absorbs and be more useful and helpful to his teammates, uh, and Danny is not quite sure about this, so, Good. uh, yeah, she, um, I think she is right to be skeptical. I don't know if she handled this super well because, uh, her plan is to go to Emma and use, uh, her Danny abilities. So Danny Moonstar, if you haven't seen, if you haven't read anything with Danny or seen the new mutants movie, uh, because we are the only two people in the world who watch the new mutants movie. (laughs) Um, Danny, can project illusions predominantly of people's fears. Like, later on, she can also do more positive things, but a lot of it focuses on fear. So, Danny goes to Emma and is like, Hey, I don't think this is a good idea. I know how we can discourage this teen. <laughs> and, uh, the two of them project this idea into David's head of a reality where he removes these mental blocks and becomes the, like the most brilliant person in the world. Uh, he figures out like the cure to every disease. He like knows, you know, like what's at the farthest reaches of the universe. He, like, absorbs basically, like, the sum total of human knowledge and combines it, uh, to become super powerful, uh, basically, like, takes over all world governments, uh, starts to go, uh, sort of out of control with power, uh, he ends up, he like figures out how to use like Josh's healing abilities to like generate a cure for all diseases. Uh, but then like Josh dies as a result of it. And David's like, oh no, that's sad. Oh, well. Uh, and rip, I guess. Yeah. Rip, I guess. Uh, and then he's like, Basically, like, formed like one unified world government, and he's planning to like destroy everyone who gets in his way. And then the X Men try to stop him, and then he's like has this plan to like kill the X Men. And he's like, Wow, okay, I guess I won't remove these mental blocks. It's like, <laughs> or
1: and just Danny and don't... Emma, high five.
0: <laughs> Danny and Emma, high five. They're like, We've traumatized a teen. So badly. I mean, listen, truly, I, I don't know. I mean, this is definitely a comic book trope, but it feels like it happens to so many of like my faves specifically. <laughs> it's like, hey, here's a hypothetical future universe in which you are evil and have
1: taken over the world. It's because our faves have anxiety.
0: It's because our faves have anxiety and they are truly like it seems like in practice the people least likely to take you like you what, you think Victor Mancha is gonna take over the world? Look at him. Look at that
1: boy. He <laughs> um, <laughs> took a perfectly good robot and you gave him anxiety. God, that's really
0: it. Uh Anyways, so, uh, David absorbs all of that. I was like, wow, well, now I'm a- af- now I'm a million times more afraid of my powers than I was, uh, before. Um, he also, uh, he starts, uh, avoiding Surge because part of this whole thing is that in the future, he also- he gets married to Surge. And she's the one who ultimately stops him by just, like, basically blowing them both up. Um, which is, like, I can't, like, like, Danny didn't handcraft this. Like, this is based on David's own, like, subconscious or whatever. But, like, that's messed up.
1: Danny, could you at least, like, edit it?
0: Or? (laughs) Could you just make it, like, a little bit less upsetting? Uh... Just, like, looking in David's
1: head, like, oh, but we need, okay, we need, like, an X-Men counselor or something that these kids can talk to.
0: (laughs) Why don't we have one? We definitely should have had one of those when I was a teen. (laughs) But, uh, Serge eventually comes and talks to him and reassures him that, like, That was just, one, that wasn't real, and two, that was just, like, his worst fears, like, being manifested in the moment. It's not what's going to happen. Um, and, uh, David's eventually like, okay, yeah, you're right. I'm still going to keep these mental blocks up, but I will have slightly less anxiety about this. (laughs) Uh shortly after this. So how, uh, House of M is in 2005. Uh so I mean we've we've talked about House of M before. Uh House of M is a storyline in which uh Wanda Maximoff, the Scarlet Witch, uh creates rewrites reality so that basically mutants are the, the dominant, like, species, like, and she and her family are, like, you know, at the, the top of the hierarchy, uh, mutants are respected and in charge, uh, all of this stuff, and then after they, uh, manage to put reality back the way it was, uh, Wanda famously goes, no more mutants. Uh, and depowers 90% of the mutant population, uh, which leaves, I think, I think it's like 198 mutants still, like, with powers. Uh, just enough
1: for an X-Men series.
0: <laughs> just enough to keep having X-Men books published. Uh But David is one of the mutants who loses his powers. Uh, So he starts... uh, Definitely some of his teammates keep them. I think Josh does. And I think Surge does. Uh, But David starts trying to be like, okay, well what else can i do uh to be helpful and he uh builds or i think he starts it before he loses his powers uh at some point the the danger room that the x men use uh as like a training ground it's like got like you know like holograms and like projects like different like scenarios and stuff uh it gets destroyed so, David works on a replacement that he builds underneath the school called the Danger Cave. Um, Come to the Danger Cave? Yeah, highway to the Danger Cave. Uh, he uh, stays with the X-Men partly because uh, Scott, as well as his parents, think it would be safer for him there because like people are still like people still hate mutants even though most of them aren't mutants anymore um specific people specifically uh William Stryker the man who hates mutants more than anybody else the man the guy whose thing more than anyone is the guy who hates mutants uh he ends up uh helping them out with, like, some various, like, missions and stuff. Just because he's still, despite not, you know, absorbing people's, like, n- knowledge and learning. He's still an extremely, like, smart kid and, like, a good leader and a tactical thinker. Uh, so he helps the X-Men out on some stuff. At one point, Striker attacks the mansion and he saves, like, the Stepford Cuckoos from getting hurt, um, he, uh, is killed, uh, briefly, very briefly, while, uh, there's a lot, a whole bunch of stuff is going on with, uh, Ileana coming back as the Dark Child and, uh, Belasco trying to, like, find her, uh, And he sucks a bunch of students into limbo and, uh, like, asks David where Ileana is. And David's like, I'm not going to tell you. Uh, And then he, like, rips out his heart. Uh, But Josh immediately heals him. So he's fine.
1: Thank you, Josh. I mean,
0: yeah, he's probably traumatized by it, but he is alive. But uh, after that, because of what happened, he's still dating Serge. But she gets worried that David is putting himself in danger, uh, by going into these situations without any powers, uh, which I do understand. But also, if David had his powers, I don't think there is a way they would have protected him from getting his heart ripped out by a demon. No. <laughs> They're not that sort of powers. Um, but... They're teens and they have a lot of feelings and also anxiety. And because they're teens, I will forgive the fact that, uh, Serge goes like, well, I don't want, uh, David to put himself in danger, but he's going to stay at the school if I'm here because he cares about me, so I have to make him not care about me anymore, so I'm going to kiss another guy in front of him.
1: Come on. Uh, teens. C- c- te- Teens, you can't listen to me. You can't just have a frank conversation with your dating partner? Do you- No, teens- Teens can never do that.
0: No- <laughs> Teens are- are the worst at that. Uh, but, uh, it works, uh, and, uh, David gets ready to leave, uh, But as he does, the Stepford Cuckoos approach him and say, Hey, before you go, um, we're really grateful that you... The Stepford Cuckoos are, like, a a trio of, like, triplet telepaths, uh, who are extremely weird and ominous all the time. Um, but they, uh, approach David and they go, Hey, we're really grateful that you, uh, saved us before. If you want... We can remove your mental blocks now, so your powers won't come back, but you will be able to access all the knowledge that you had had at any point before you lost your powers. Uh, and David's like,
1: yeah, I mean, <laughs> that sounds like a good deal. Weird, but okay. Yeah. Yeah. No way this um, will turn out weird for me.
0: Yeah, this will be fine. Um di- uh despite uh despite this he does end up kind of like Scott invites him to be a like substitute instructor. Uh so he ends up just like hanging out at the school a lot of the time anyways. Um including uh he like Helps out, uh, during the storyline where they're trying to find, uh, they find out that, uh, a mutant baby has been born and, like, a billion different people are trying to track this baby down. Uh, he, when, uh... Like, just leave
1: the baby alone. It's a baby.
0: No! This baby's very
1: important. Um... (laughs) The new... (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) How did we know Uh, he was born? Well, an angel came. An angel, or (laughs) just angel?
0: You have to clarify these things.
1: (laughs) I don't know. It was dark. I was scared.
0: Um, he also uh he when the X Men all move all move to an island, which is Mm. a different island then the island the x men are currently all living on <laughs> um the x men x men be moving to islands uh they just all
1: love living on islands and they then love it. bad things happen and they're like well maybe the next island will be different
0: the next island for sure will be fine uh when they're all living on utopia uh david goes with them and then when Logan and Scott have their big fight, uh, about whether they should stay there or not, uh, David stays behind, stays on Utopia with Scott, uh, and then at some point ends up kind of disillusioned with Scott, which who isn't, (laughs) uh, and with the X-Men in general, uh, and with the way that he feels like kind of the like younger x men have been treated by like the leaders and like sort of like teachers and like older members uh of the group, so he leaves uh leaves entirely he gets a job working at a call center that specifically helps people with superhuman-related problems, um, and, uh, meets, uh, Tommy Shepard, uh, Speed, my beloved, despite his terrible, terrible superhero name, uh, meets Tommy Shepard, ends up, uh, Tommy asks for his help dealing with this, uh, there's someone running around uh, wearing, like, Patriot's old costume, uh, and the two of them, uh, try to stake out and see what's happening, and then, uh, the, the fake, the fake Patriot, the Patronaut,
1: um. Patronaut just sounds like he also goes into space.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it does. When I say it out loud, it really does. uh, he somehow just, like, just disappears Tommy. Just, like, whoop, just, whoop, right out of existence.
1: Mine now. Uh,
0: yeah, and then, uh, leaves. So David goes, like, okay, hey, <laughs> Young Avengers, <laughs> problem here.
1: Hey, Young Avengers, it's me, David. Um, we yeah. might have a problem.
0: So there's there's a situation.
1: Hey Billy, you remember your twin brother?
0: <laughs> well, you don't have one anymore because he seems <laughs> to have been unexisted. Uh the young Avengers who are at this point sort of disbanded, but uh come together to try and figure out uh where the heck Tommy went. Uh while David is on this team, he develops, uh, a crush on Hulkling, uh, Teddy Altman.
1: Who wouldn't? Who
0: who wouldn't look at him, who is, uh, going through a bit of a rough patch, uh, in his relationship with his boyfriend, um, and I, like, I do feel, I feel a little bit I feel like this is a little bit unfair to David, uh, just because, like, it's, it's not, like, it doesn't portray him in, like, a negative light, like, the actual comic, but I just feel like, like, Teddy and Billy are, like, so beloved as characters and as a couple, um, and they're, I think, like, a decent number of Young Avengers readers who, like, weren't necessarily familiar with David. So, like, I I think he maybe got a lot of, like, unfair ire for being like, who's this- what's this homewrecker doing?
1: To be fair, at the time, they did think that they were stuck in an alternate dimension forever.
0: Yeah, no, listen, the circumstances were reasonable. I mean, not reasonable in, like, real life, like, things that could happen, but a reasonable situation in which you might kiss somebody who you wouldn't otherwise kiss, uh, and, uh, he also comes out as bi, uh, if that wasn't clear from the, the kissing teddy, but he does say it out loud, uh. For the
1: first time! For the first time! And we're so proud of him.
0: So proud of him. We love him. Uh, he also comes to the conclusion that, uh, the fake patriot is one of the young Avengers from the future becoming sort of a a weird nebulous entity and he's like i think it might be me uh ends up kissing the fake patriot which brings tommy back i
1: love comics
0: <laughs> i love comics baby uh you you gotta love it uh but uh tommy comes back that's, that's what really matters uh he's uh he's back baby and he comes um, back kissing <laughs> and
1: And then they're both like well that's weird okay bye
0: (laughs) yeah okay bye uh let's not unpack this uh and then uh, several years later they do in fact unpack it and they are currently dating uh which is just like (laughs) we definitely we talked about this when this happened there's no like there's not an issue where they like are shown, like, deciding to date. It's just, like, Teddy is hanging out with them as a couple, and it's just like, yeah, we, we're we a couple. Like, it's just known that they're a couple, and, like, this happened. I was like, when? <laughs> what?
1: Off screen, obviously.
0: Off screen, with no regard for me, who wants to know every single detail about it, Um. They, uh, they are dating. They are still dating. I believe, uh, Tommy just showed up uninvited to the Hellfire Gala, uh, looking so handsome. I'm so proud of him.
1: Which, isn't he technically a mutant? Why wasn't he invited? (laughs) Or is it only X-Men mutants allowed?
0: I think- I think it's X-Men specific mutants, and there's- there's also some non-mutants there who are, like, impo- like, Steve's there, and I think the Fantastic Four are there, um, but it's- it's specific people who are relevant to this diplomatic meeting that they're having,
1: it which- actually does make sense I- that Tommy was not invited. <laughs> Yeah, they're like, we don't,
0: we should not, we should not have this boy here. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> sorry, Tommy.
0: <laughs> sorry, Tommy. God, I love him so much. Um, He, uh, makes a couple appearances post-Young Avengers. Uh, he's, uh, b- briefly, he's, like, uh, he's in, uh, America Chavez's, like, solo comic uh
1: where <laughs> she's <laughs> they're, in going to sh- <laughs> they're in college
0: they're in college they're in extra dimensional college uh he's hanging out i love him he um apparently uh interviewed to be like the uh like the Stark Industries head of security um a uh a job that Scott Lang ended up getting Also a job with, which Victor Mancha apparently also interviewed for, um, okay, (laughs) which is fun, uh, just a, just a bunch, just a bunch of beloved boys, um, and, uh, currently, uh, as part of the, uh, X-Men, Dawn of X, House of X, Powers of X, Hawks, Pox, Docs, Whatever we're calling the current X-Men schema. Uh, one of the things that happened is the mutants who lost their powers get them back, uh, by basically dying and being brought back to life. Uh, so David is one of the people who gets his powers back. Um, he joins the, uh, new... X Factor team, uh, which Dokken is also on, um, I forget who else. I think, uh, Polaris, I I should just go back to their, the Hellfire Gala picture that shows all their outfits, um, but Polaris is on it. it, North Star, I think, um, but, uh, they're like, Ba- they X-Factor Investigations, I think is what they're called, because they're, like, looking into, like, you know, uh, mysterious mutant deaths. Um, and, yes, he was uh, just recently, at X-Men Society Pages, just recently <laughs> spotted at the Hellfire Gala, um, wearing a very nice, like, shiny gold outfit, um, and his, uh, boyfriend crashed the party, and we love to see it. Um, I, uh, yes, obviously, obviously it's extremely clear, uh, from me talking. I love David. (laughs) (laughs) I love David. He's a good boy. Um, I like, I mean, obviously it is, uh, it's, radical to see a uh, black bisexual teen, uh and also I I like that, uh, I like that this thing is being a big nerd <laughs> I like that he's just like genuinely like, even outside of his powers, he just enjoys like learning and knowing stuff.
1: Look, I mean, if your first instinct when you realize that you know all the answers when the teachers are in the room is to study harder so that you know the answers when the teachers are outside the room. Like... You
0: you simply you got to love him. Uh and I do. I love him a lot. I'm uh very uh very glad that he's continuing to be featured in uh, in X-Men things because there are so many of them that it's very easy for some of them to uh, fall by the wayside.
1: Yeah, I'm really glad that he was in uh, Young Avengers. I can't remember what year that one was. 2015? That sounds right when you say it. Anyway, the Gillen McKelvey one. Yeah. You know, the the gayer one. Because um, otherwise, I don't know if I would have n- known him at all. And yeah. that would have been sad.
0: It would have been so sad to live in a world where we uh, were not aware of David Elaine. Um... And if he wasn't in Young Avengers, he probably wouldn't be dating Tommy right now. And that would be the greatest travesty of all. Are there any straight Young Avengers left?
1: Um, is Eli straight? Maybe. I mean, everybody who is in the second run. I don't think that they've said that Kate is canonically bi.
0: (laughs) But also,
1: but come on. Yeah. It was heavily implied um, that she's, like, got a crush on America, which who wouldn't? Who wouldn't look at her? But, no, I think, because I do remember Kate was like, am I the only straight one here? And America was like, um, are you even straight? Are
0: you? Are you sure? <laughs> are um... you sure?
1: Um, But, like, original run... Young Avengers definitely had some straight characters on it. Um, I think Cassie might still be straight. Um,
0: (laughs) If anyone's read recent Ant-Man stuff, let (laughs) us know if Cassie (laughs) kisses a girl.
1: um, If you've seen Cassie Lang, uh, ask if she likes girls. Uh, If you see Eli Bradley, let us know if he likes boys or, you know... Just let us know if anybody's queer. That
0: yeah, just just keep us posted. <laughs> yeah,
1: we love to God, see it. We do love to
0: see it. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's Prodigy. Um, did you have anything else
1: or any comics? Um, I didn't really read comics because I was doing a bunch of like home renovations and then watching my nephew because my brother-in-law had a minor surgery and he he does like superheroes so i started to read him the uh dc zoom super suns uh polaris project But it, That's fun. it's above his reading level, so he very quickly got bored and then went back to the comics oh. and was like, he grabbed Superman, Batman 2003. Oh my god. <laughs> and oh my like, god, a kid after my own heart. And I'm just like, this isn't child appropriate. Do you want me to read this or just flip through it? And he's like, just flip through it. I'm like, okay. So I just start <laughs> flipping through it and he's like, what's he doing? I'm like. Well, he's getting mad at Batman. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who is it? What's
1: he doing? Well, I don't know because you didn't let me read anything <laughs> that's happening. So oh I'm my not god! Sure exactly what's happening, my dude? Um, <laughs> I someone's mad at Batman. What's happening? Well, Superman is hurt. I think Batman's hurt too. Yeah, probably. They were probably they were fighting statistically a villain. Great. Yeah. Um. So I kind. I looked. I pick. I touched comics, and I picked up comics, and I looked at comics, but I don't think I could say that I read comics.
0: <laughs> That's entirely fair. Ugh. Um. I also. Uh, did not get a chance to read comics because I very much wanted to buy a like actual physical copy of the DC pride anthology. Um, but it was sold out at my local comic book shop. Oh dang. Yeah. And then yesterday we were in Boston and I went to the Newbury comics, uh, in Quincy market. Cause I was like, Well, they'll definitely have it here. And they were also sold out of it there. Uh, which, on the one hand, I'm very glad that everybody's buying the gay comics, but also, I wanted to buy it.
1: I haven't picked it up yet because a friend was like, don't buy it, I'm sending you a copy. Oh, now that, now that is friendship. It's the same friend that sent me the Strange Academy trade, like thank you, matt. i think I think he just likes that I'm the other person in Pen pal group that likes comics, so oh my every God. time like it's his turn to send me something, he's like comics. Wow. Let me send you some comic books, and I'm like, thank thank you, Matt. I do not deserve this. I am so bad at this Pen pal group. I haven't sent a letter in six months. Well, you still. Deserve to have comics. If you say
0: so. Uh, yes. That's what I believe everyone deserves to have comics. Uh, anyways. So now I will probably decide this week if I want to keep looking for it. Or if I want to buy it digitally so I can just read it. And then probably also keep looking for it so I can buy a second copy. Um... Unless I guess I buy it digitally and I hate it for some reason, but I probably still would want to own it on principle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I guess now I know that I should get to the comic book shop as soon as the Marvel one comes out, so people don't buy that and take it away from me too. Yeah. Uh, Also, uh, Nightwing, Nightwing,
1: Nightwing, bye. Nightwing, Bye. (laughs) comes out this week,
0: uh, Tom Taylor keeps tweeting about, he's like, this is a really special issue of Nightwing. There's some big spoilers. You guys are going to be shocked. And I'm like, Tom, if you say all this and you don't make him buy, I am going to come to your house (laughs) and duel you to the death. Uh, so I, uh, that, I, maybe, I think it's tomorrow. Cause DC releases on Tuesdays, so I guess I have to go to the comic book store tomorrow in case everybody buys Nightwing Buy. Um, but I guess we'll find out. I'm prepared. I, I don't think it's going to be true, but there's a tiny little part (laughs) of me that is real, just like maybe, maybe. So
1: if, if there was any time. Hopefully it would be now. It would be now. Now is the time
0: for Nightwing by, uh, I am manifesting it.
1: Please, I mean, uh, feel free. When else are you going to have a Nightwing issue 81 during Pride Month?
0: It's literally, it, come on, it's right there. This is the only time.
1: Um, God.
0: Please feel free to send your energy out into the universe to also manifest, uh, Nightwing by, um, and feel free to send your energy to us directly, uh, <laughs> by following us online. Um, you can follow us on Twitter, Tumblr, Facebook, and Instagram, uh, all at capes and shapes. Um, we have a email address You can send us an email to capesandjapes at gmail.com. We have a Discord server where you should come and join us. Uh, If you are online, you probably saw uh, the day we're recording this episode. (laughs) A quote went around from DC about how the Harley Quinn cartoon had to cut a Batman Catwoman sex scene. So everybody is talking about, uh, Batman and fucking. So we're having there's a lot of fun energy in the Discord today. Uh, come
1: join the Discord. (laughs) Come join the Discord if you want to talk about Batman and Catwoman's intimate sex life. And uh, who doesn't? And how much DC does not want it to happen. (laughs) Do you think Tom (laughs) King is out there like, oh, well... I
0: have some news for you guys.
1: <laughs> Good thing I'm writing my Batman Catwoman little mini series um cuz clearly yeah the people want some certain things to happen. The people deserve to know.
0: Uh and I'm also one of the biggest names on the DC roster right now, so I don't think they can fire me.
1: <laughs> And if they do, I will simply go somewhere else.
0: (laughs) I will go somewhere else.
1: Uh, But
0: yeah, so that's very fun. Uh, We have a Patreon. If you want to support us on there, you can get bonus content. Uh, Watch stuff, help us pick what we talk about. Um, We uh, also, if you can't support us on Patreon, uh, if you want to help us out, telling a friend about the show is a great way to do it uh, leaving a rating and review where you listen to it, uh, and also just, uh, coming back and joining us as you have once again this time, so thank you very much for being here for this episode of Capes and Shapes. I have been Olivia.
1: And I have been Briar. And as always, kiss, you know, ghost patriot that you think is your future self and then it turns into Tommy Shepard. (laughs)
0: If you have that opportunity in your life, kiss that ghost patriot. (laughs)